And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Adrian Chenault, Tom Chenault. And we have got a show for you today. How are you, Adrian? I am so good, so happy. We are in for a treat today, I think. Well, it's an important show with a couple of important people. I know you guys know who Dr. Ivan Meisner is. I know you know who Brian Hillier is. And I know that you know that one plus one equals 20. So we are looking good today. Take it away, baby. Yeah, this is this is so much fun. So uh, if you ha- if you haven't caught our first show that we got to do, gosh, almost, I think about a year ago, I should have actually gone back and checked, but we had just the most fun conversation with Ivan about a year ago and just fell even more in love with the man than we were with his reputation. And we knew we had to have him back. And so that has been a long time coming. But in the meantime, totally separate from that, we got connected with what turns out to be his collaborator and co-conspirator on an incredible book. And I had no idea other than that he had the, a very unique voice, a very unique high energy. And as it turned out, it was the, the podcast that I was boning up on to learn about Ivan as I prepared for our last show was Ivan interviewing his co-writer on this book, Networking Like a Pro, Brian Hilliard. And I'm going, God, this guy seems so familiar. What is the deal? And I finally got on his website and went, oh my God. All right. Now all of these dots are What's the are name connected. of the podcast? The Dorky T-Shirt Podcast? <laughs> I love his his t-shirts more than anything. He looks like he's in fourth grade. He wears those t-shirts and buttons them all the way up to his throat. Yeah, it's very key. You're a handsome man, Brian. Did he go to Duke or Dartmouth? Duke. Duke. Went to Duke. Crazy guy. So, yeah, we're very happy to have you. Dr. Meisner, Antarctica, Necker Island, Jordan Adler, that's the first connection that we, that's the first time we really got connected to this guy. Uh, Jordan hooked us up and we love you. We love both of you. And we know that you've written a book, but we want to hear a little bit about the trip. (laughs) Jordan, love Jordan. Amazing guy. Isn't he just something else? He's, he's the man. And uh, yeah, he's like a grandfather to me. So I love the guy very, very much. (laughs) So tell us a story about the Antarctic. How was that? Antarctica was amazing. It was absolutely um, a once in a lifetime trip. You know, you hear people talk about Antarctica being a desert. It is. It really is. If you see, if you go to my Facebook page and you see any photos, you'll see some places where there's vegetation. That's probably South Georgia Island or one of the other islands before I got to Antarctica. But when I was on Antarctica, there was nothing. There was no moss. There was no uh, vegetation whatsoever. It is a desert uh, covered mostly by snow, uh, but an, an amazing experience, an absolutely amazing experience. Incredible animals and great time with people. We saw a, a total solar eclipse. And, uh, and that, was, that was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it was cloudy. We didn't actually visually see the eclipse. But, you know, it got completely dark. We were there with a bunch of NASA people who were trying some equipment out for on a ship. Uh, and afterwards, we had champagne and whatever in the morning. And we didn't really see the solar eclipse. And one of, one of the people came in and was like, why do we have champagne? We didn't actually see the sun. Like, no. Sorry. But cheers. That's quite the stuffy NASA scientist for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. So what's good? What do you want to talk about? Just, I, first of all, any time is a good time for champagne. I don't, I don't know what was wrong with that person. Mornings are for mimosas. 
There you go. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, so there's so much to cover and I, I just, I, I, I have to start with this because I, I really, you know, I'm so curious and I, I love understanding things like this. So Brian Hilliard, I have come to know you and to massively admire who you are, but compared to Ivan Meisner, a household name you are not. I think we can agree on that, and and that is okay. Right. That's totally fine. <laughs> so so this, so here's the here's like the God's honest question because I think we want you know I, I think those of us who are out there going I really want to play at the highest level. How the hell do you come to write the, a book called Networking Like a Pro with the guy who built the largest networking organization in the world? That's an incredible story. So Brian, I want to hear your version first. Before Brian says that, can I just say, uh, one of the reasons Brian did this book with me is he is one of the world's experts on networking. In my opinion, he yeah. is absolutely one of the world's networks uh, experts on networking and has every right to be doing books uh, on networking. 100%. I, I respect him immensely and I'm really glad he's a co-author. Well, thank you for all of that. Um, and you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I think when you look at trying to get to that next level, um, whatever you're trying to do, you want to be with and associate yourself with others who are, you know, definitely ahead of the road by like, you know, magnitudes of 10 than where you are. And, and I think that when you, for me, um, I, I can't speak for Ivan's perspective. I, I, we've never actually talked about this, so I can't speak for his perspective. But what happened with me is we, I had written um, one of the very, very, very first books that I written, very, very small. I actually called it Networking Like a Pro. It's like my first book, it was like 60, 70 pages, you know, uh, maybe seven people had heard of it, both of whom, two of which were my parents. Like, you know, it was, it was pretty small, right? It wasn't, that, it wasn't that big a deal. But what happened was Ivan was, as I understand it, Ivan was going and he was working with different co-authors um, to try to get into, you know, going and doing what they need to do. And he put out a call for, you know, like when you get speakers, like a call for speakers, he, he put out a call saying, listen, I'm looking for some co-authors, blah, 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 blah. Well, we had a mutual friend that came together that introduced us to that. And then from there, Ivan, I guess, like the network like a pro, that's what I was told, that he really liked the network like a pro title. And that he was like, you know what, let's, let's do this. And of course, you know, I did the, and Tom, I can't believe you're giving me uh, my, my shirt. This is a golf shirt. This is, uh, no, this is not buttoned up it's to the beautiful. top. This is buttoned up to the top. What is he talking okay, about? It's beautiful. It's you like, look really cool. Thank you. I did my Tiger Woods, you know, impersonation, <laughs> which is what this is, by the way, because it's a big okay, game. And, and I, did the, I did the fist pump. And like the rest was history. We got a chance to work together. We actually did two versions of the book. I, well, I was, he was nice enough to let me go out and speak over at uh, BNI. I don't remember which year it was. I want to say it was 16. Um, but the idea is that, you know, for anybody who's thinking, well, how is it that you can get with, with Ivan? Um, or with anybody, really, I think it really starts, and you can ask him, but I think it really starts with the idea that you have to be, you actually have to be, like Ivan alluded to, you have to know what you're talking about. You have to be a, a, a decent person. It gets back to the VCP that he likes to talk about, visible, credible, and profitable. You have to have people who know that you're out there. You have to have somebody who knows that you know what you're talking about. And then from there, you have a chance of being profitable and moving forward from there. So that's kind of my take on that. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. You have to have the chops to be able to do uh, a book with somebody else who's an expert in the area. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the introduction always helps, too. There was an introduction and you had the chops. The title was a great title, but that was totally secondary to to the fact that you're highly qualified, Brian. And that's why, you know, we did a second edition together. We did. That is so cool. And so here's one more question. So, Brian, you see this call go out for potential co-authors and you don't just go through, you know, I, I assume there was an email this or submit a form here or whatever. And I assume you probably went through the front door as well, but you also said what other potential and, you know, who do I know that can reinforce my intro to this guy? Is that true? It was actually, I didn't see the introduction. Okay. So I think what happened was it went out again, I'm speaking for a situation that I didn't know on the back end. But I think it just went out to the BNI EDs, the executive directors, and, and I was not an executive director, still not, right? But what happened was one of the executive directors that Ivan and I were friends with, he saw it, and that's where that connection was made um, to be able to do that. So I actually, <laughs> I didn't even know the front door existed. I'm sitting, you know, having a, you know, coffee or whatever, and he's like, listen, maybe we should go, you know, do this, that, or the other. Um, and that's that's how it was. So I didn't even know the front door existed. The, the lesson here is that it's about relationships, that uh, it's it's all about relationships. And then when you have a, a connection and a relationship, it's not just the contacts, it's the connections. It's the number of uh, connections that you have where you have a, a meaningful relationship with other people. And that's the reason that this happened. That's that's so, so well said. And it is, it's, uh, it, you know, thinking about triangulation feels a, a little bit like it's contrived, but it's not about that. It's just about how, how do I think about the associations that exist within my network that are going to help me to get the attention of the right person at the right, right time in the right way to create value for everybody involved? Because there's, there's such a bombardment of inputs coming at us at all times right. that you're, you have to find a way to stand out, to help somebody to, to, to you know, the old expression, it's not what you know, it's who, you know. Yeah. And you I have to have a what's in I, it. I, for... no, no, I don't think it's either. I don't think it's oh. what you know or who, you know, it's how well you know each other that really counts. Right. Because when one person connects another person to a, to a third person, that relationship if there's a strong relationship then the connection takes place so it's not just who you know it's how well you know each other and that's uh i think the underpinnings of a successful uh, building a powerful uh, uh, successful network right and i've been jealous of you all my life ivan because <clears throat> we're similarly aged you've been so much more successful than me I'm watching Facebook and I'm looking and here you are playing chess with Richard Branson. Then you jump out and you do the tennis. Then the next thing I know, you're kite surfing off the cliff and I'm going, I have got to figure out how to be like him. So I ask about 20 people and they're all rolling their eyes going, you couldn't even tie his shoes. And I called Jordan out and he's going, <laughs> First second. of all, I don't play tennis and I wasn't kite surfing. But the okay, two lies out of three. That's not bad. Usually it's 100% not true. There was only... 33% true there. I so did play chess with Richard. At one point, okay, he said no, that me, was fake. That, no, I beat him in too many right. games and he said, you're banned from the island. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the day, Jordan, I'm sitting right there. He goes, let me call him right now. And he texted you 
And two seconds later, because of his influence with you and your love for him, you agreed to come on that show a year ago. And what everybody needs to know is somebody, you know, Frazier Brooks, to be on this show is three o'clock in the morning. He doesn't want to come on this show. He's in Dubai. You know how I did it? I invited his dad. I said, if you want to catch a mouse, you think like a cheese, you got to bring your dad on the show because you have outshone your father and it would be great to have you both on. He took the bait. He's coming on in January because we found out the cheese that the mouse wanted to eat. And that was it. And that's all you people have to remember all day long. And these guys are the masters of it, right? They really, really are. So we're going to go to a break. You want to, okay, I'll side it up. This was the, this is the leadership and legacy, legacy leadership radio show on the Genesis communication network. Thank you so much, Ted Anderson, for putting us on the air for 12 years in a row. We're coming back right after this. So please stick around. It's going to be 10 times better after this break. (laughs) (laughs) Not that there was anything. (laughs) No, it just gets better and better and better. It just gets better and better and better. That's that's exactly I'm a terrible talk show host. (laughs) You, uh, is, we're just working on the print. We're we're working on getting, I can't say legacy. I can't say it. (laughs) Leadership legacy. No legacy leadership. Legacy leadership. It's printed there on the screen. It's it's important for you to know the name of your show. Yes. And now I see it on the screen. It'll be much easier. Baby steps, baby steps. All right. <laughs> so Brian, uh, Brian, you and I connected through our buddy, Jenny Bellinger, who is here yep. cheerleading in a big way. We love you, Jenny. You There's are a rock star. So thank you so much. And we're getting you on here pretty soon as well. We got to make that happen as well. But Brian, I, we've gotten to plug in around contact mapping and I, I just, I'm so grateful for the way you have been sharing this thing. And I just would love for you to talk about what your experience has been like with contact mapping. Oh, it's great. I mean, what Tom was alluding to earlier was the fact that you have to be able to have an understanding of what is going to where the different um, intersections are, you know, in terms of people's relationships and who they know and how well to Ivan's point, how well they know them and all that kind of stuff. And for me, and I've shared this with anybody who will listen, contact mapping has allowed it to, it's an app-based contact management system that allows you to be able to really figure out and keep up with all the different things that are going on. You got the follow-up, you got the notes, you got the reminders. Uh, personally, I'm a voice to text man myself. So I'll, I'll actually talk what I've done and put it in there. Um, and as I, I shared with you, Adrian, before, and I'll, again, share this publicly, is I think the difference for me between this and maybe some other things I've used is that it allows me to quickly do it right there on my phone where the contacts are already integrated into where I'm going versus other systems where I had to type it in on the computer or whatever the case may be, which for me left some room for, for challenge. Um, but with this system here, it's been really good. It's an affordable price. It's not going to break the bank. I love it. It's good. You seen any movies lately? Have I seen any movies? Yes. You told me um, you watch movies all day long because your girlfriend's in Arizona. Yeah, I do. I watch um, the last movie I saw was The Operative on Netflix. Yeah. It was good. I make everybody, you look for things that you can't find on social media and bring it up and watch them go, how did he know that? He forgot he told me. That's the trick to the deal. So take it away. Now I'm going to write down the operative. There we go. (laughs) That's, I mean, it really is the name of the game. And what 
Brian does really well. And, and one of the things that I, I have learned from him is that you, you are so good at connecting with people around ideas and you're always, you're always stringing ideas together as a way to bring people together and That's interesting. learning and, and the better you get at paying attention to what people are interested in so that you can connect them to people or to ideas or to concepts that they're going to find interesting, the better that gets. And the thing, uh, just to give you an example, right? Brian told me the other day, not, not the other day, a couple of months ago that he has watched Black Hawk Down something like a hundred times. Yeah, and six. This, the, these are six. The, six. That's there we go. Close right. enough. And <laughs> while he was playing tennis, hyperbole runs in the family. So <laughs> the point being that that I, I go, why the heck? Like, what is it about that that was meaningful to you? And that turns into this conversation that leads to a deeper understanding of who somebody is. And you have to be paying attention well enough to be able to do that. And there's not really much point in doing that if you don't have something you can do with that. And what contact mapping allows you to do is to give you a place to put that where I'm not trying to store it all here because there's no way I could. So go and check it out, contactmapping.com slash app. And we're coming back to the show. And we are back. It is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Adrian and Tom Chanel and Dr. Ivan Meisner and our good friend, Brian Hilliard. And how are we doing? We are doing great. And he, he loves his dad. I love him to death. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> how fun that we get to do this together. So guys, I want to ask you, we were talking, we were chatting a little bit about this before the show, and I didn't know about this, but this is a perfect concept. And I think this is, we've got a, a short-ish segment here, and I think we can probably cover this question in, in this amount of time, which is that not only have you written this book together, but you guys collaborated on, on a blog post and some work around how to pay attention to diversity inside of your network and the importance of having diversity in your network. And so, uh, Ivan, I'd love for you to, to share first just a little bit about why that's an important concept and then for you guys to share a little bit about the work that you've done together on that. Yeah, it was both on my blog and it's also published at entrepreneur.com. And it's um, the article's about being intentional about diversity. And Brian and I felt, um, I mean, B and I, we have always really believed in um, creating an organization that uh, is open and diverse. And so um, what Brian and I wanted to do was to create an article that would kind of document um, my beliefs and his beliefs on uh, diversity. And for me, the key is, and, and, and I'll let Brian talk more about this, um, but to, to, to the, the end of the article to me is the key where we say di diversity is a fact. You either have it or you don't, right. but inclusiveness is a choice. Right. It is something that you have to choose and cool. work towards. Brian, you want to talk more about it? Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. You know, I think when you talk about diversity, that can almost feel like uh like the business equivalent to the to like the third rail, and and I don't I don't know. You know, I understand why, but I mean, I'll just go straight talk for a little bit. I mean, as a black man, I've grown up in 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 neighborhoods predominantly white, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut. I went to Duke University. Um, you know, it's fine. But I think what happens is we wind up, we, the collective body politic, we wind up surrounding ourselves by other people who are like ourselves. And when we do that, and most of it's inadvertent, when we do that, what happens is we really shortchange ourselves. 
in my opinion, and I think I could speak for Ivan as well, like we short we shortchange ourselves a little bit there. So so diversity in my mind is a conversation, yes, about ethnicity, yes, about gender, yes, about some of these things that you can see, but it's also a conversation about diversity of ideas, diversity of thought, diversity of how you look at things. Not everyone needs to look at things the same way as you do in order for you to be friends with them or for you guys to be able to join and be able to have something that moves forward. And I would argue that a, a diversity of thought, approach, and maybe even skill set to a certain extent actually helps you be more successful. That, that's what we were trying to accomplish during that article. Um, you know, it's like, what can we do to be able to, because at the time, diversity was being used I'm speaking from my perspective, my perspective. Diversity was being used in a little bit of a less than positive way. And what we were trying to do was to pull it together. Yeah, can, can I just add to that? You know, in the second edition of Networking Like a Pro, we talk about uh, diversity and how networks are by nature clumpy. That's the right. technical term. They're cluster-like. We tend to hang out with people like ourselves, which is the point that Brian just made. And that if you really want to build a powerful personal network, it needs to be diverse. What we wanted to do in this article, which I think if we do a third edition of the book, this article's got to be in there, is that we wanted to say, how do you actually do it? And that's right. what this article was, was kind of a six, seven step process for being inclusive. That's huge. And so... Brian, what's, we, we don't have time to go through all of them, but what's one really important thing that people might not be doing that they can take a positive step towards creating more diversity in their network? Uh, I think number one, that's just with anything, it's being aware that your, your network might not be as, uh, that it might be more homogeneous than you think. Then the second step from that is to be able to say, all right, what can I do to look for different opportunities? How can I go about and find some people who look a little different than me, who think a little different than me, maybe a man versus a woman? What can I do? And let me just strike up a conversation. I don't have to have them over to my house for dinner or take them out to lunch, but I can have a conversation with them. And even if a really good first step, like I walk our dogs around the, the neighborhood, I try to make it a point to talk to everyone I see. I didn't used to do that. I do that now, whether it's a black man, a white woman, or somebody in between, I will go ahead and try to get that done. So those are a few things that I would be doing. My daughter came to me and said, Dad, you're a racist. And I want to talk to you about your microaggressions. And that about, that floored me. And so I read the new Jim Crow. I did not have any idea that throughout my life, I had been so completely programmed to be that kind of guy. And it took an unbelievable amount of time for me to look at that powerfully and be able to recognize that who I was wasn't who I spoke myself to be, but I blinded by my story. And all of us have that. And what he's talking about, and you guys reading that article, is super important today. Probably the reason we did this show. We're going to come back right after this on the Legacy Leadership Radio Show. I'm really glad you said that. And I'm also amazed that you said it in the amount of time that you said it. So, I am too. Good job. Brian, you, did, you did a great job of answering yeah, that question. Yeah, you did. And I just try to validate you because I don't even know what I didn't know. And I realized that I had been microaggressions and things like that are under the covers. It's, you know, kind of a subversive, you know, F you that just don't need to happen. And, you know, that was hard for me to hear from my daughter. And hard for me to understand it. And she also brought up the same thing on sexism. So it was a rough month with my daughter 
but it was one of them. And it was within the last three years. So it was one of the most powerful, toughest times I think I've ever had as a parent. I thought she was coming up to tell me what a great dad I was. So that was a, and also a, quite the rug pull. And uh, but it was good for me and it made me a better man. And I suggest all of you ask your children because you'll get an earful about how you really show up in the world. And I was able to hear it. And I think I've come out of a, a better man. And I love you for bringing that whole thing up, you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and, and I appreciate it. You know, uh, the, the, the idea of being able to talk about that in an open forum. And, and, and I'll, I even, you know, try to do things where I'm talking to different people. I say different things. Um, you know, Adrian, that was a really good point, stringing points together. I do try to do that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I, I, I think this is a really big conversation and, and it, you know, just, uh, it's so important. I, I want to, we'll kind of continue with this through the, the break and then we'll shift a little bit as we come back to the main show. But okay. the, I, I think that it's so homogeneity is comfortable, right? Where the reason that clumpiness happens is because it's a lot easier to hang out with people that think like us and say the kind of same kind of things and like the same kind of things. And it's it's challenging both to get yourself out there and then to hear things that don't make sense to you and to try to make sense of them. Like that's a lot, that's more work than just sitting at the bar with the same old people that have had the exact same life experiences that you had. But that's also where growth occurs. That's also where exposure to new ideas occurs. Like so much positivity can come out of that. And, you know, Brian, uh, you talked about this, right? Like you have been a trailblazer in many, many areas where there was not a lot of diversity of thinking, where there wasn't a lot of diversity of skin color. And you've had to kind of shoulder that through your, throughout your life. And what have you, what do you think that has done, even as difficult as I'm sure it has been in many, many ways, what has that done for you in exposing you to different points of view? Yeah, I think that's a great point, exposing to different points of view. The point that Adrian's alluding to was when I went to school, um, I was, you know, I remember kids sitting not on the same side of the bus as me. I remember that. And I, I was like, hmm. Like I didn't realize the problem was I was too angry myself to actually have some type of thoughtful analysis behind it. But I did realize it at this kind of like, you know, reptile like brain level. Hmm. Why are all the people going over there? Like, and then I started, and then I started doing little tests where I would sit here and then they would move. And then, so like, you know, I figured it out, but you know, I think to answer your question, what it may, what it means is it, it, for me dealing with that, I mean, it wasn't like it was Selma, but it definitely was not a walk in the park. You know what I mean? And, and I've, I'm going to maybe embarrass you for a second, but I have told this story before. It's just the first time you've heard it. I remember <laughs> when I was down at your place, when we were putting the book together. I don't know if you remember this. And we did the wine tasting. Yeah, you told me this. Yeah. And, okay. Okay. And, <laughs> Tell them. I, I was blown away when you told me. Yeah. Them. So I'm down at Ivan's place, which was nice of him. And we're writing the book. And he's like, uh, we're doing the wine tasting. Now, all the people there wanted to have red wine. I liked white wine. So what happened was he said, uh, you can take the white wine with you. And I said, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, just put it in your trunk. You'll, I mean, put it in your car. You'll be fine. 
I said, Ivan, you're telling me that as a black man driving from Austin, Texas to Houston, Texas, that you think if something happens, it will be fine. He's like, oh, yeah. I said, no, I'm sorry. I can't take the wine. I'm, I'll take another glass, but I can't take that wine with me. And, no. and it's just the idea of having a different, a different perspective. And I've had other people say that too. You, you, it's just understanding your situation where you're at. Um, at the end of the day, you know, being able to allow other people to realize that you're open to different things um, and just not holding it against anybody. You can't be angry. That's, that's incredible. Wow. All right, That's cool. We're gonna, we got to come back to the show. I, I wish we didn't have to come back to the show, but we're going to take a quick pause and then we're going to shift back to the main show. So hold on one second. And we're back. It's the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Adrian and me. And we've got an incredible show going today. Uh, just exactly what we wanted it to look like, this new format where it's a whole lot less noise and a lot deeper on a lot of fronts. And we did go deeper between... Uh, after the break, this is a long segment. Adrian's going to get really, really into these two guys and what makes them tick because they've written a, an important book together that really encapsulates what we're all about. We just couldn't write it nearly as eloquently as they did. So here we go. Yeah, I, I, the the work that you guys have done together, I, I think is is really phenomenal, and and not only it's it's both the depth and the breadth. Of, of what is inside this book, because it does, it covers everything from thinking about diversity within your network, the online components of it, the offline components. I mean, the whole, what, what does it truly mean to think and approach the concept of networking and, and really building relationships like a pro? And so I, I want to ask each one of you to share, you know, what, what do you think is the most important overarching concept personally for you of networking like a pro that you would want to impart to our listeners today? Who would you like first? I think Ivan is raring to go. I'm going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the, the key is, which is our subtitle is it's, uh, you know, turning contacts into connections. It's really about the relationships. Um, networking is more about farming than it is about hunting. It's about cultivating relationships. Um, and, and it's a marathon, not a sprint. I see people who, who they, they join a BNI group or a networking group and it is a sprint and they're running to all these different networking meetings. They're, they're, they're everywhere all the time and they're not going deep. If your network is a mile wide and an inch deep, it'll never be powerful. And so what we try to do in the book is to talk about diversity and networking, not, not just the kind of diversity we were talking about, but diversity in terms of the types of networks that you belong to, and uh, about going deep in those networks and building relationships with people. Uh, these are some of the things that I think are really important that we talk about in Networking Like a Pro. Yeah, I, I would definitely echo that. I actually was thinking about that of the, the, the uh, what do we call that? The secondary headline, turning the contacts you get and the connections you need. Yeah. Um, but since you took that, which is a great one, my, the, the second one I would say for me is it's about creating what we like to call a visible identity um, and being able to, from that visible identity, for lack of a better term, monetize and follow up with that. So unpacking that for a second, I think the biggest problem, and I've been alluded to this, is people look at networking as an end in and of itself. 
So it's like marriage, right? Oh, I got married, so I guess it's okay. You know, and, and the idea is that networking is a means to an end. It's not an end by any stretch of the imagination. Right. So I think what happens is the body politic looks at networking as this, to Ivan's point, this sprint, this, you know, what I call a finish line approach towards networking, when, when actually networking is more of a launching pad, if you were to ask me. And, and what we're looking at is networking as being a means of differentiating yourself, visible identity, a means of showing credibility, back to the VCP point we made earlier, a means of monetizing. Well, what do you do with that? Well, you meet with people, you talk with them, you have a one-to-one, you have more discussions. For me, I like to get speaking engagements. That's how I got a lot of my speaking engagements. I get coaching clients with that. Like, that's how you can do that. And then from there, it's being able to get into that profitability point that we said before. But I think the biggest mistake that I, philosophically that I think people make, and it's a mindset point, by the way, is that they think in terms of a finish line versus a starting and a launching pad. And they look at networking as an end versus a means, which is probably a different way uh, of, of, of Ivan's point of farming versus hunting. Now that I'm thinking about it, they're looking at it as something that they can get right away versus yeah. farming and allowing it to grow. Transactional versus relational. There you go. I couldn't think of that. Right. Transactional. That's exactly right. Yes. It's, it's so I, that's so right on. And it's crazy. So the craziest thing I, I am in the midst of, of having to make a pretty big decision about the future of contact mapping. And so I, I went out and I, I sought some, some input from some people who I really respected, admire. And, and one of them in particular lives just 20 minutes down the road in Boulder, Colorado. So I go and I have coffee with him today. He goes, hey, by the way, my, my buddy who hangs out here all the time anyway, texted me as I was on the way over here saying, hey, do you want to grab coffee? And I said, well, I'm five minutes from your favorite coffee shop. You should just stop by. And anyways, you should meet this guy. His name's Howard. So he and I, so Andy and I sit down, we're having this conversation and he was super helpful to me and all this sort of stuff. So then this guy that in Boulder, Colorado is just incredible because people that just like, you know, he's wearing a, a puffer jacket and he looks like he could be a total hippie, walks in, sits down at the table and this guy runs money for the CEO of Uber, the CEO of some other publicly trained, I mean, just He's, he's a bulge bracket wealth management, private wealth management guy that has gigantic clients. And so we're, we start talking and I start hearing his story and I, and he goes, you know, the, here's the thing that I tell anybody who will listen, that is what changed my life. I started off in, you know, in the really early days and people would come through the door and, and all, there was a bunch of us that were sort of on the rotation or whatever, and everybody would judge people by how much money they had as as you would sort of expect for a wealth manager sort of a person and he said my saving grace is that i never prejudiced anybody based on how much money they had in that moment i looked at the potential of what could this person be as a client and i took nickels that turned into hundred dollar bills and everybody else took ten dollar bills that turned into about 15. and that's just it you know that is about that that transactional versus relational sort of a thing that if you, if all you're thinking about is what you have, what, what can you do for me right now, based on who you are today, you are going to miss out on a huge amount of the future. 
Uh, listen, I, I agree totally with that. I, I remember I had a BNI member um, who was very successful. He was in the very first chapter. His name was Mike, and Mike uh, was really successful. And he joined at the very chapter number one. We now have over 10,500. He was in chapter number one. And I remember saying to Mike, why? <laughs> why did you join? Because you're already successful. And he said, it's about filling the pipeline and, right. and working with people who maybe aren't real big right now and building relationships with them and having them trust you. And then, um, and then, you know, getting referrals from those people because you were there with them when they were small. So fast forward 30 years, Mike was a member for 30 years. And I said to Mike, it was about 29 years into it. I said, Mike, I don't know if you remember a question that I asked you. And he said, no. I said, I asked you why, why did you join? He said, oh yeah, yeah, I remember. And actually his answer to me was, kid, let me explain how this works. He put his hand on my shoulder. And I said, why are you still in after almost 30 years? And he'd be darned if he didn't do it again. He put his hand on my shoulder and he said, kid, let me explain how this works. It's about filling your pipeline and building long-term relationships. And he was a member for 30 years in BNI before he retired. That yeah. Is- and, and, I, and I love that because I think that when you're talking about filling your pipeline, people hear, they hear, they think networking is some type of, I don't know what everyone thinks, but there's a, there's a school of thought that networking is just kind of this like soft science, like economics or something. It's not chemistry. It's not biology. It's not nuclear physics. It's economics. And, and networking is not, it's not like that. You know, networking is something where you have to be, I think you have to be intentional about it. And I think you also need to be able to go in there with a plan and, and you need to be able to do certain things that allow you to be able to be successful. We talked about contact mapping earlier, how it's an actual application that can help you keep track of some of these things. I love it because of that. The other thing though, is that once you, and I think Ivan would agree with me on this, is once you are meeting with people, you do have to follow up. Like this is not just some type of business equivalent of Jack and the Beanstalk where you put some (laughs) things out there and it just pops up and suddenly you have a 17 figure client. Okay. You put that in the third edition, Brian. I love that Jack and the Beanstalk story. Yeah. I'll I'll be here all week. (laughs) So, So, you know, it's not, it's not like that, right? Where it's just like things go, things pop up or whatever. And I think what happens is people, because we live in the West, because we live in this country that is all about instant, because people think that, you know, a long time is three minutes, because people can't not stay at a stoplight without looking at their cell phone, because of all these things, they think that it's some type of like whatever. And that's not the case. When you allow the network to work, it will work for you. Follow up, engagement, thoughtfulness, cards, you mentioned Jordan, stuff like that. But when you keep, not you personally, but when people keep, you know, trying to do all these different things to rush the process, I tell people that's like trying to bake a 45-minute cake and looking in every 20 minutes and wondering why it's not done. The answer is because the 45 minutes is what you need to bake the cake. And it doesn't take 20. It takes 45. That's so good. That, that is so spot on. And so I actually, I want to relay a question to you guys from Jordan Adler uh, so he, okay. he said, I was, I was talking to a, an entrepreneur the other day and he said that he believed the idea of building relationships is old school and doesn't work today. All these people running around networking and building relationships and not selling anything. He says that he needs to sell and make money like right now. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Ivan, can I take that first? Oh, no. Okay. No, no, I interrupted no, 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 no. you. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Is it okay? Yeah, of course. 
Okay. Okay. So, so the first thing is who, who said that those were mutually exclusive? Why is it that building a relationship and selling something, why are those, why, why is there a choice? So right off the bat, I questioned the premise of the question. All right. Yeah. Number two, when you're talking about being able to sell something, first of all, that's the wrong word. What you're doing is you're allowing somebody to buy. You're facilitating and creating an environment where they can buy something. Yes, selling is old school. No, I'm not picking up the phone like it's 1970s and people are going, you know, whatever. That's called telemarketing. That's the opposite of networking. Okay, but the idea of building a relationship and having that turn into currency and then that being able to to turn that into to, you know, more business, you know, the 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 person that Jordan's talking, I don't know what game he's watching because the game I'm watching says that relationships always turns into business, almost always turns into business. Good things happen almost all the time when you put out the right energy. We're getting into law of attraction and that you reap what you sow, which is what Ivan talks about. So I don't know what game he's watching. I love that. And uh, I just saw Jordan uh, posted something. He's been in BNI 18 years. That's about relationship building. Here's my definition of networking. Networking is the process of developing and using your contacts to increase your business. Right. Enhance your knowledge, expand your sphere of influence, or serve your community. Um, networking is about referrals. It's not just about selling. I mean, even a blind squirrel can find a nut. You can, you can stumble over business and you can make sales. The problem is that most people use networking as a face-to-face -face cold calling opportunity. There you in go. fact, it's about building relationships to get referrals. That's, that's the, 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 the real powerful element of networking is the referral business that you get from third parties. That's the force multiplier of networking. There you go. That's exactly right. All right. We're going to take our last break here on the Legacy Leadership Show. That was an awesome segment, guys. Thank you so much. I got a ton of value. I know our listeners did too. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this on Legacy Leadership. Awesome, hey, guys. We, we passed the so, audition, Brian. You guys, <clears throat> what the most important thing, thing we is passed stop. the audition. Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he made the cut. Yeah. <laughs> no, not just you, me. We, we passed the audition. Oh, no. You guys are great. You know, everybody's so one-dimensional. You are not a real estate salesman. You are not a network marketer. You yeah. are not whatever you design and define yourself to be. You're a great human being with a lot of connections. Right. And all of you know Robert McFadden. He's the networker guy. And he calls me on a Friday night. Says, Tom, I go, what? He goes, I need $12 million. I go, you called the wrong Tom. And I start to hang up. He goes, wait, wait, wait. I go, what? He goes, I need 12 million bucks. I go, why? He goes, I'm in this real estate deal. It's going to heck in a handbasket. And if I don't get the money next week, I'm going to lose this deal. I go, I, I can't help you. I don't have that kind of money. He said, but you know, people that do. And he said, I said, send me a one page report on what you're trying to do. He yeah. sends it to me. I send it to a guy. Monday, the guy fires back to me, says, my attorney's in Park City. Tell me more about this deal. I called McFadden, asked two questions. McFadden, how much, tell me about the deal. Send me some information, which I won't understand. And how much money do I make? He said, I'll give you 80 grand. I said, deal. I send the information to my guy. I forgot about it. A month ago, McFadden calls me, says, what's your wiring instruction? I know that he is going to send me like $5,000 because then you start thinking, well, holy mackerel, you know, he didn't really do anything. All he did was do it. I checked my bank. He sent me 79,000. Why? 
I had trust. I knew people. He had a need. We had a relationship. I had a relationship. We plugged that together. All of you need to understand that you aren't that. You are this gatherer of information on people that you can ultimately use instead of having this tunnel vision. The minute somebody tells you no, you hate them and go on to the next person, continue learning more, right, you guys? Yeah, and there was a relationship that you had with this person. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, somebody reached out to you on LinkedIn and said, hey, uh, you know, can, can you reintroduce me to somebody? No, it was, it was two good friends that I wanted to see together. And, and I had no idea. I would have done it for free. I did do it for free. I'm shocked. Yeah, I got paid. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I think that the challenge is, again, out West, we have some challenge with trying to, you know, if it doesn't, if we can't see it and put it on a spreadsheet, we think that it doesn't exist. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's simply not the case. Electricity, um, Wi-Fi, um, you know, there's all kinds of things that we can't see and absolutely exist. But for whatever reason, when it comes down to this particular thing here, there is a population of people who are, you know, to Jordan's point, I guess, via the question, who are, you know, whatever. And and that's just that's just not the case, which is why I mean, Jordan Adler send out cards, right? Like, that's the whole point, being able to engage people, be able to connect with them, build that relationship, that rapport. That's the point. Yeah. And to, to Jordan's comment, uh, the person said it's old school. It doesn't work. I think it is old school because oh. they're using networking to sell. I mean, to, to cold right. call as opposed to build relationships. Right. And so, uh, you know, networking is about building the relationships. And right. from those relationships, referrals take place, sales take place. You know, you, you just, uh, yeah, it's, it's the old way of doing networking, which is transactional versus relational. Yeah. That's a good when point. you conflate the two, that's where you really have problems. Yeah. There we go. Now that's the triple word score that I was looking for. Conflate? That's exactly right. You What's went it? to Duke. I knew you. What's know. it mean? <laughs> it means that you combine the two things. You think one thing and the other thing are the same, and then you wind up having a different reason for why. So, it's a, it has to do with cause and effect. You combine the two things, and you think that one cause is the, is the for the effect, and that's not the case. Conflate, yeah. putting them together. Right. I still don't understand. I'm a scrabble, I'm a scrabble okay. winner. All right. We're coming back to the main show. Hold on one second. <laughs> and we are back. And I want to welcome you all to the Legacy Leadership Radio Show. And we are going to have an unbelievably conflated segment. So take it away, Adrian Chenault. <laughs> all right, guys. So this is the this is the million dollar question to wrap up the show. Okay. So we recently renamed the show Legacy Leadership. And however you think about your legacy, it's about what is, what is the impact that the work that you are doing now going to have in years and generations to come? And so I'd love to hear from each of you just how you're thinking about your legacy right now. And so, Ivan, I'd love to go to you first. Yeah, so I'm actually working on a book. I don't know when it's going to be out. It might be out in 2022 called Infinite Legacy, which will be a, a sequel to my book, Infinite Giving. Um, and I'll paraphrase a quote that I will be using in the book. And this is the quote, and I, I, I believe in this so much. Um, we all die too soon or too late, and yet our life is complete at that moment with the line drawn neatly under it, ready for the summing up. We are our deeds in life and little more. I'm paraphrasing that from Jean-Paul Sartre. 
And I, I think that's our legacy. Our legacy is our life and how we live our life and how we treat people and how we serve others. Oh my that's gosh. the legacy we leave behind. I'm buying the book. Yeah. Sign me up, man. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's solid. I think the other thing for me is you talk about your legacy. Um, you know, I'm 48. So in my mind, I still got 20 more years left in the league. Okay, so <laughs> you might get you, with the way the NBA is going, man. You might have a chance to play this year. <laughs> I got I got twenty four years left in the league at some level, one way or another. But I mean, you know, when you talk about legacy, I agree with what Ivan says. You're a summation of what you do, and I would just also say that from a spiritual perspective, if you don't mind indulging me for a second, you're a summation of the good, the 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 who you be. So it, there's a do and there's a be, definitely, in my mind. And then there is this idea that who you be, how you show up, the energy that people feel when they're around you. Do they feel inclusive? Do they feel excluded? Getting back to my diversity of uh, networking point. Do they feel, you know, this way or that way? And I realized, I'd take a look at myself about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I was being more exclusive. I had an energy that was not inclusive. And, and, and if you saw me when I was in corporate, it's like a completely different person. There's like two people who know me outside of my parents now and when I was in corporate. So no one believes me anymore. But like, that's who I was. I was there. So when you're coming from a place of changing the energy around and the focus is less around how can I get and to, to Ivan's point, more around who can I, what can I, how can I serve? And in my point, how can I be and how can I show up? Well, then what happens is it's just like the networking point. The legacy is a result of the work and the deeds and the how people feel. The legacy is the result of all of those good things that you've done and being and been able to to be able to show up um, and, and hopefully helping others while allowing yourself to be helped. I love the phrase, I love the phrase, who can we be, Brian? Uh, we're, we're not human doings, we're human beings. To give you some idea of the people and the energy that you attracted on this show, Brian and Ivan, there's a guy watching who's got four advanced degrees who happens to be the first black Rhodes Scholar out of a historic black college. He went to either Moorhead or Morehouse or whatever it is that Martin Luther King went to. And he's watching this show with you because you're that kind of energy magnet. A Rhodes Scholar is listening to you and writing me text messages, dwelling on your every word, buddy, because you're doing important work. And I will introduce you guys because as a planet, we need to get the good people united and stop playing the scarcity game and just completely play it arm's length and go win this thing with love. Would you agree? That question, I think, was for me. Yes. Yes, I totally would agree with that. I think what happens is people, we have a zero sum. We have a fear-based approach. We have a scarcity mindset. We have this notion that, you know, fear of missing out. All The problem, if we're just going to go brass tacks, the problem is that fear is more of a motivating energy than, than love. That's what yeah. the problem is. So what happens is you get a group of people who are like, well, I'm just going to try to scare the bejesus out of these other group of people. How do I do that? By convincing them that this other group of people is bad, worse, or, or, or not good for you. In a nutshell, that's what's happening. So when you're able to bring the good people together and you're able to bring people who are like-minded and you're able to bring people who are not so um, self-oriented, you can be self-oriented and not necessarily be selfish. Self-oriented, 
Then you get somebody who is other oriented and people oriented. And that's how you get being able to meet people like Dr. Meisner. That's how you get to meet people like Tom Chanel. That's how you get to meet people like Adrian Chanel. That's how you do that. Not by getting something, but by being something. And that comes to you. Couldn't wow. agree more. Well said, Brian. This, this is why you're my co-author of a book. <laughs> oh this is, this is why I'm your co-author of a book. <laughs> no, that, that um, is just, just too far. Me, just I let you go on that other stuff. A more head college and a more house college. I think the one you're referring to is more house. That is, that is exactly right. So <laughs> you got to plug in with these guys. Such an incredible conversation today. So brianhilliard.com, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, Brian, H-I-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. That's where you find Brian. IvanMeisner.com is where you find Ivan. And BNI.com for Business Networking International, which is just the legacy of that organization all by itself is incredible. So you want to plug into what these guys are doing. What about TomChanault.com? TomChanault.com, not bad. So (laughs) give you some work. I would speak to the webmaster. Next uh, week, we've got Joe Soto, who probably is going to help out with TomChanault.com. He is an unbelievable guy and an unbelievable marketer. You're going to want to hear that show. And thank you so much for being with us on Legacy Leadership. We'll see you next time. Thank you. All right. Stick around for a second, guys. Don't hit that button just yet. We're still on live on Facebook. I just want to say thank you guys so much. You're incredible. Oh, my goodness. What energy, and, huh? And thanks for all the comments. I'm watching the comments come through. Jenny, Aren't just they adorable? Uh, and I, uh, thanks. Great comments from everyone. So much fun. J. Michael Smith out of the hospital. Serious heart attack. Back on his feet. Typing away. Very, very good. <laughs> so cool. All no, right, guys. I, I appreciate you guys. Happy New Year. Thank I you appreciate so you guys allowing me to come on. Thank you. Oh, we love you. I'm sending. I sent you a T-shirt. You need another one. <laughs> do I need? It? Why do you keep talking about my shirt? <laughs> like, Did I you try to bother me? What is he no, doing? I'm just trying to. I, when I see a place to pick it, buddy, I go after. I push that button if I can <laughs> find it. We love you, man. If you'd have seen me an hour ago, I was in a T-shirt. I, I, oh, I, you, I put on a collar. I'm in shirt. one, but not as cool as his. All right, you guys, love you. See you later. Right. Right. Hey, I'm happy I'm to come back. Get your girlfriend home so she can dress you. Okay.